Good morning and welcome to Waypoint Church Online. I'm Claire and it is great that despite lockdown, we are able to be here in our auditorium to broadcast this service to you live this morning. Hi, I'm Kevin and uh, a, a huge welcome to all who are joining us online this morning. Uh, and we pray that you uh, will have a real time of blessing uh, as we come before our Lord this morning. Um, as we've said, despite lockdown, we are able to be, use our church premises to be able to broadcast this, broadcast this to you. There are other things that we are able to still be doing during the week, um, and it's great to be able to serve our community through those. A few things we just want to highlight for you this morning. Um, we are running a Christmas toy and gift appeal during this month so that we can bless and support families, both within our local community, but also those families that Ferrum Support Service are working with. Um, if you aren't aware of the details of how to give, the email address help at waypointchurch.org.uk is the one to use. We want to say a massive thank you to those who've already given, whether that's finances or whether you've bought gifts from the wish list. Thank you so much and we're starting to sort those and allocate them to families. The other thing we just want to tell you about is um, the events that we're going to be able to be being put on for Christmas. We're going to be having three different events. The first one is going to be on the 13th of December when this live service is going to be a nativity. Um, we'll give you more details on what that's going to look like and how to connect with that um, over the coming weeks. We're then the following Sunday on the 20th of December, we're going to be out in our community doing a Christmas trail. That's going to be a walking trail um, around the local area where you will go and discover different things about the Christmas story. Again, watch out on our website and social media for how to book in and be part of that. And then the, the final one is our Carols by Fairy Light, which we're, we're going to pre-record and that's going to go out on um, Christmas Eve, the 24th of December. So how to get involved, how to connect, more, lots more details of that will come out over the coming weeks, but we would love you to connect with us as we explore Christmas. The message of Christmas doesn't change, even if what Christmas is going to look like this year does. Now, Claire's going to... Uh read from Matthew 7 for us. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Hello, uh, welcome. My name's Jim, one of the leaders here at the church, and it's great to welcome you as well uh, to Waypoint Church uh, online. And uh, I'll start from the very beginning saying that I should, be, I should have been there in person today. If you are watching this live or watching it on the Sunday, it's, it's going out. Uh, but unfortunately, because someone in my daughter's class has contracted COVID, she is now self-isolating. So uh, and my wife is working Sunday. Uh, and so therefore, I'm looking after my daughter. So I'm having to pre-record this and you're getting it played 
uh, live, if you like, uh, in church and online. So there's the backstory. Uh, thank you to the worship team. Thank you to the hosting team. Thank you to those that you do not see that are behind the camera doing some incredible work. You know, um, I, I'm thanking you in advance. I'm sure you've done a fantastic job. You always do. We love you guys. Thank you for serving us, but also serving, serving God with all your gifts as well. Um, anyway, so there we go. Um, we are continuing with the Jesus Way series and uh, we're almost to the end of it. And I've been loving some of the feedback I get from different people about this series. So I'm really excited to hear what God is going to say and do and encourage and challenge us as I pour out what I believe God's been putting into me over the last few weeks about this um, passage today um, and also been challenging me in the last few weeks as well personally. I want to start with a, um, I want to start with a story. So a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, uh, I was leaving the pub with a friend and we were talking about, and we're both parents, so we were both talking about parenting, you know, um, and you know how to choose your, your, your moments wisely when your kids are angry or frustrated or whatever it might be. Um, and, um, you know, thinking, you know, I don't know if I'm any good at it. And he was saying, I'm not sure I'm very good at it either. And it kind of got on to the whole kind of conversation about what do your kids want to be when they grow up? And he asked me and I sort of said, um, you know, whatever it was two years ago. Probably, I think it's changed now. Um, and then I asked him, and uh, it wasn't, you know, his response wasn't a self-righteous response, but what I loved about it was was just a twist on it. He said, like, you know, wherever my kids want to be, artist, musician, CEO of a company, own this, other, attain that, you know, become a doctor or something. It's, he said, we're just really focused on what are they going to be like as opposed to what are they going to be. And it just really struck, stuck with me, I suppose. Um, anyway, fast forward, um, two years, a couple of weeks ago now, I was going on a bike ride with my kids and uh, we're out and about, and after about 10 minutes, Obi got a slow puncture and he was getting really frustrated. But almost immediately, my daughter, Emily, offered him the use of her bike. And I was really, really proud, like proper proud. Uh, he's quite proud in the other sense and didn't take the offer. Anyway, we got home eventually. And the next day we went out for a walk again. This time Abby came with us, my wife. And uh, Obi took a scooter, me and Amelie and Abby were walking, and again, about 10 minutes in, Amelie starts to ask, can I use your scooter? And of course, Obi says, yes, right? And we think, me and Abby turn to each other, and we're like, high-fiving each other, it's a lovely autumnal day, we're like, we are smashing this, we're a great family, it's all it's so easy, this thing. Um, and then we woke up, and Obi had said no, and then basically had said, you should have bought your own, you're stupid. Uh, and it just kind of got worse from that point onwards, really. It was another 10 minutes of Amy just asking, please, can I use your scooter? Obi was then, by this point, just kind of mocking her by walking the scooter alongside him. He wasn't even using it. Abby then kind of got more and more frustrated and blew up, really. Not literally. Blew up, took the scooter off Obi, put it over her shoulder. Obi walked off the head. Amy kind of walked off in between. Me and Abby are walking together, just sort of saying nothing. I'm thinking this is brilliant. Um, you can still hear Emily asking Obi, can I use your scooter, can I use your scooter? Obi's saying things like, well, mum's got it now, so you need to ask mum. I'm saying things like, Obi, you know, we really want you to, to choose to let Emily, uh, let Emily use your scooter and stuff. And it just, it wasn't great, you know. So we kind of got down the route of um, just like level bribery, really, and just kind of the consequences conversation. If you don't let Emily use your scooter, then you can't watch the football later, you know. 
and then kind of, I think low level guilt type stuff. We kept, we used that a little bit, and I think eventually it was the it was the the um the the neck hold the head hold that got him. I didn't use that, don't worry. Um, but um, eventually he subsided and he said yes. And Emily used the scooter for all of two minutes. It wasn't even worth it in the end. Absolutely pointless, stressful moment. Um, <laughs> but I did manage to grab a couple of minutes of AB before we got back home and just say, look, what do you think would have been the right thing to do? And he kind of went, you know, it would have been nice to probably say you can borrow it and uh, that kind of thing. I don't know. I think he apologised. I can't remember. He certainly has done since then. Um, but for, you know, for, for me and Abby, it wasn't about the scooter. It was about just trying to help them develop this character and having, you know, what it meant to be in relationship with other people and being kind and generous and stuff as well. And the reason I guess I'm talking about character and, you know, how many kids, to, to, you know, what are they going to be like as they get older, that kind of stuff, is because really as we as we come towards the end of this sermon series, the Jesus Way sermon series, this particular passage for me is kind of the, the conclusion, it's not the end of the series, it's the conclusion to what Jesus has been doing up until this point, which has basically been helping his followers, describing to his followers what it means to be a follower of him, to follow Jesus, describing what it means to be set apart, to be Christ-like, to be, to be transformed, to be growing in that particular way. That's why I called the, the, the sermon today, you know, kingdom character, having that kingdom character. And this passage, I feel, kind of is like the, the conclusion, the secret source as to how we can have that kingdom character. We've covered a lot, right? We've covered a lot in the last few weeks and months, and I just thought I'd scratch away at the surface of some of the things we've looked at. Right back in Matthew 5, where it talks about the kind of the blessed statements, blessed are those that are poor in spirit, are, are we have to recognise that we're bankrupt, that we need God, we need to rely on God, that blessed are those that are merciful, are pure in heart, the peacemakers, Jesus moves on in the next chapter. You know, even if we get angry as a follower of Christ, it's just as if we're going to be judged as if we've murdered someone. Right? It's, it's heavy, right? Even if you've lusted over someone, it's like you've committed adultery. He goes on to talk about this inward purity that spills out into outward living, that we aren't to be hypocritical, that we are called to trust God even when we're worried. We aren't to worship money and people and possessions and all that sort of stuff, but we're to worship God, put him first. And we aren't to judge others. We should deal with the stuff in our own lives first. That's just a few things that we've covered over the last um, few weeks, couple of months, and please catch us up on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whatever it is. But that, in essence, is the Jesus way. It's this call to continuous growth of kingdom character. And so this is why I love this passage, because it kind of wraps it all up and gives us some insight into how we can continually grow in those things that we've been learning about. You know, And if I'm honest, if some of us are honest, it's really difficult, right? You read those things, you hear those sermons, and you just think, oh, I'm not very good at those certain things. You can feel completely overwhelmed and dejected by it and not good enough. And, you know, you don't feel adequate. You know, how do I learn to love those who, who hate me? How do I learn to not be anxious and worried during a pandemic and trust Jesus? How do I guard my eyes from lust? How do I be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect? Right? It can seem impossible. It can, can't it? I think that's kind of the point. It's kind of the point. It can seem impossible because it is impossible, but we know that all things are possible with God. So there, this is what Jesus is getting at. This is what Jesus is getting at. We need to develop this kingdom character. And we have to do it in conjunction with him. Only he can develop those things that we've been talking about 
those kingdom characters within us. And I've got three things that I'd like to, I guess, highlight that can help us, um, that Jesus talks about, that can, that can help us to develop this kingdom character. And the first thing is this, and it's just lifted straight out of, of what he says. Ask, seek, and knock, right? Ask, seek, and knock. Kingdom character is developed when you ask and you seek and you knock. It's just prayer, right? I think probably private prayer, but it's just prayer, just praying. Uh, what I mean by that is, I think, when it comes to praying, we can have such, we can know what praying is, but we can apply it so very differently. And I think, you know, I, I've been around people, I've known people, grown up people, who perhaps um, see this ask and seek and knock, and they pull it way out of the context of this particular passage. And it's kind of, it ends up feeling like you're coercing God into to doing what you want. You know, God, I want this. I'm going to keep asking. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to knock on your door until you give me what I want the way that I want it. Like God's some sort of genie in a lamp, right? Like ever so often I'll pray about something and you better give it me the way that I want it. I want you to sort out the situation at work, sort out this person. And it can feel a little bit like we're trying to control God to sort stuff out for us on our, you know, what we want. And it's right, don't please get me right here. It is right to pray about all things, right? And the Bible encourages us to take our prayer request to God. With all different types of prayers, it's right to pray about all things. He is interested in that work situation, that, that person, that healing, whatever it is that you are seeking after, he is. But if we're just using God in that way, then we're missing the point of what Jesus is saying about ask and seek and knock. The significance of living the Jesus way is understanding that we need to be dependent on God. This is the secret of it, living the Jesus way, of asking and seeking and knocking. And that's what it is. The original Greek said you know, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Because by doing that, right, you're constantly needing that dependence on God. You're creating proximity with Jesus, the one who forgave us. So then therefore we can learn to forgive others. We can be salt and light. We can go to the source all the time. That's how kingdom character begins to be developed. Can we be excited about the constant pursuit of presence of asking and seeking and knocking every single day, going to the person who has the story, who gives us that strength, who gives us the ability to overcome. Now, I think really this is a challenge for some of us today to, to stop praying and asking God to, to work for us and instead asking God to work in us and acknowledging that that's what he wants to do. He wants to work in us. I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. So my mum and dad have been married for years. I love my mum and dad. They love each other. But like any marriage, they have their ups and downs and they have their quirks and their characteristics and they deal with it in different ways. My dad spends time fishing and playing guitar, among other things. But my mum has been praying about one particular characteristic about my dad for years. Even I remember from a late teenager through to now, 300 years or so, um, and uh, she's been praying that God, you know, she's been asking and seeking and knocking about this particular thing about my dad for years. You know, God, will you change him in this way? Will you do this? Will you do that? And God has stepped in in a miraculous way. And he has changed my mum. He's changed my mum, right? In that regular proximity of her seeking the presence of during her prayer time with God. He has taught my mum kingdom characters. Kingdom characteristics of loving unconditionally, of learning to love my dad in ways that God loves my dad. You know, and I think possibly this is what today for some of you is challenging. It's challenging your perception of prayer. 
You know, sometimes we can have that attitude. I've done that now. I prayed for that once. I went to small group and I asked my small group to pray about it. You know, I've knocked on God's door once and that's fine. In fact, you know what, Jim? There are people in my life, Jim, that don't pray. There are people that I know. I've got friends that are not Christians. They don't pray. And their life is brilliant. I look at their life and think they're so much better than mine. They've got a big house. They've got a second house, right? They're doing so well for themselves. They've got a big yacht. They've got this, other, whatever it might be. And so what's the point in prayer? You know, whenever they need something, they can just chuck money out. If they've got any life problems going on, they just chuck money on it. And it is true, right? It is true that God does give gifts whether people pray or not. You know, I do think he desires to bless us. I do think that. He gives life and breath to all. He causes the sun to rise on the good and the bad, the righteous, the unrighteous, as Matthew 5, 45 says. See, but some of those things, sometimes none of those things seem to be dependent on whether people acknowledge him as their heavenly father or not, as they're praying. Which is why I think this asking and seeking and knocking is so much more than just praying for whatever you want every time you go to him. Asking and seeking and knocking is seeking first the kingdom of God. You know, asking, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And that probably starts with us, allowing that kingdom character to grow in us. Learning his desires, his will. You know, when you put yourself in the presence of your heavenly father, of Abba Father, of Dad, of Daddy, as it says in Hebrew, you know, God who was there before time, God who created you, knit you together in your mother's womb, who will be there the day that you pass, you cannot help but come humbly into that place, I think. You know, I love the, 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 the picture language that Jesus uses about being like a child and the kingdom of God. In Matthew 18, verses 3 to 4, it says, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And in Mark 10, 13 to 16, it says, Whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will certainly not enter it. Do you welcome the kingdom of God? Do you welcome the kingdom of God? Every single day, the kingdom of God, and it starts with you. God, develop that kingdom character in me. I'm not great at this. I, I, I fall down at that. As we do that, I believe he starts to shift our heart to align way more with his. Leads me to, to point to that kingdom character is developed when we trust that God's answer fulfills our need rather than our expectation. That God's answer... When we ask and seek and knock, fulfills our needs rather than our expectations. Abby and I coming out of, um, I guess, the other end of a regular battle we've had with our with Emily uh, about the use of her phone. So uh, probably in the first lockdown, she started to use Abby's old iPhone a lot more, and uh, you know I think she just assumed that when she started at senior school in September this this year she um, would just be able to take that phone with her and uh, she assumed wrong. Uh, and uh, we had lots of arguments and I didn't really, I mean, I didn't really feel like it was necessary for her to have an iPhone uh, at school and that perhaps there were things that that kind of phone would allow her to see and use that at this age, she's not quite 
um, ready for yet, and it's no judgment on anyone who does allow your kids to have those sort of phones, please hear that out loud. Um, and so we bought her a, I think it's a Nokia 4210, um, or the brick as she calls it, uh, and uh, it's for emergencies and uh, she accepted it really well, it was simple as, you know, she, she was, no she didn't at all, it was a nightmare. She continued to ask us why she couldn't use the, the Abby's old phone, she was throwing things like, you know, well all my friends have got these sort of phones and they use these sort of apps and stuff as well and we felt like awful parents and I kept reminding myself I'm not the dad of anyone else, I'm a dad of you, Emily. It was just going around in circles, right, it's a stalemate. Until one evening somehow we managed to have a civil conversation, the three of us, me, Emily and Abby, and we got to hear each other's heart. Right, we created proximity and we were quiet enough to listen to each other and we got to hear each other's heart and I learned probably to be a little bit more, to compromise a little bit more. Emily heard that really from, from me and Abby that we were worried about her, we, protect, we want to protect her, we love her, we don't think she's quite there emotionally yet to, um, perhaps not even purpose on, on purpose but perhaps by accident come across certain things that she doesn't need at the moment. You know, she didn't she didn't get the answer that she wanted, but she got the answer that um, we feel that she needs right now. And I think that kind of is what I'm trying to get at, you know? You know, as we go on and we read those verses 9 through 11, it says, uh, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, even sorry, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? You know, I think sometimes when we ask and we seek and we knock and we want those quick responses, we want it our way or whatever it is, and we don't get it that way or we don't get a response or it's silence, you know, we feel like we're getting a Nokia 4210 or we feel like we're getting the snake or we feel like we're getting the stone. But actually, I believe what we're getting is the bread, <laughs> it is the iPhone, it is the, it is the fish, right? It is better, it's what we need because it's developing kingdom character within us. Remember the context is developing that kingdom character within us. It's trusting in God's timing and that we've received what we need at that particular point. I remember reading um, uh, God on Mute a number of years ago now written by Pete Gregg and um, he, he says the greatest unanswered prayer in history is when Jesus goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and, he, and he's before his heavenly father and he just says God if there's any other way. You know, he recognises what the level of pain that people are going through, dying on that cross. You know, God, if there's any other way, if, if you can take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And God says nothing. But he does do something. He sends an angel, it says in Luke, to strengthen Jesus. And I guess I just want to encourage you in that way, you know, because the parallel, sorry, the parallel passage of this Matthew passage we're looking at today and Luke says this that um, if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him the Holy Spirit to those who ask him so it kind of it goes on to explain that the good gift when you spend time asking and seeking and knocking if you ask for anything <laughs> Just ask for the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit that is going to be developing these kingdom characters in you. Spirit, open my eyes, convict me of the things in my life that, that I need to, to either chuck out or get better at to become more Christ-like. 
to develop this kingdom character because it's the spirit, as it says in 1 Corinthians, that searches the deep things, even the deep things of God. It's the spirit that will transform us, along with the word as well, to become more Christ-like. You know, as we go to God and we ask and we seek him not, can we trust him with his timing? Can we trust him that he's got it? Can we trust him actually that we cannot leave the presence of God lacking? You know, Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. You know, we lack nothing. We've been given the gift, the good gift of the Spirit. That is the ultimate of the blessing that we could ever receive. The Spirit transforms us to become more like Jesus. The Spirit establishes more kingdom character in us. How often do we spend time going to God with a million requests, which is right to do, but come away trusting that the Spirit is working in all things? That's what it means to be developing kingdom character within us, to allow the king of the kingdom, the king of the kingdom to develop that kingdom character in us. Last thing, kingdom character is developed by taking the lead. Kingdom character is developed by taking the lead. So in verse 12, it says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. So this is commonly known as the golden rule, right? It's commonly known as the golden rule. It's like, if you can't remember everything, Jim, just remember that one thing. Treat other people how you want to be treated, right? And it's seen quite often in other religious ancient texts as well. So Buddhism, it's written like this. One should never do that to another, which one regards as injurious to one's own self. In Scientology, it's written, try not to do things to others that you would not like them to do to you. Now, when I was reading that, I was reading, you know, the verse 12 in, in Matthew 7. And I was just like, it's such a different approach to that golden rule, isn't it? Those other ones feel quite negative, quite passive, whereas Jesus takes it and flips it and twists it and turns it into something really positive. And it starts with you. You know, treat others as you want to be treated. It's not a way to see how they might treat you and then treat them that way, you know? I think when we hear these sort of messages, we can go, yeah, yeah, and that's why Auntie Brenda should treat me better, or that's why you, Jim, should treat you better, or that's why the person in the room right next to me, or him next door, her next door, whatever, should treat me better. But I wanna say that I believe God is speaking to you and me us as individuals, this is a message to us to help we can develop kingdom character because we all need to get better at it. You know, I said earlier that I was really pleased with Emily for offering the use of her bike to Obi, even when she didn't, she didn't, you know, she didn't have to. She wasn't coerced into, she just did it. But I think so often when it comes to the golden rule, you know, we, we kind of try to satisfy ourselves. You know, I will treat people the way that I am treated. I will treat people the way that I feel like they are treating me, you know? You know, I don't like the way that I've been treated, so I'm, I'm going to talk about them behind their back, and I'm, I'm going to justify that it's okay to talk about them behind their back, or I'm going to, I'm going to just be horrible about them, or I'm going to try and control stuff, or whatever it might be. You know, we so, we so kind of wait, don't we, in this? And that's not the Jesus way. You know, whilst we're still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait. He didn't wait, oh yeah, now, now, now you love me and now you love me, now I'm going to die on the cross, you know. 
Whilst he was being rejected and mocked, Christ Jesus still got on that cross and he died for us. That's the Jesus way. He did that first. It's kingdom characters develop when you treat others the way that you want to be treated and you take the lead. You take the lead. You're the first one to apologise. You're the first one to forgive. You're the first one to, to shut down a conversation you know, that isn't right. You're the first one to shut down a conversation that is about someone that is not in the room, right? That you're the same person when you're behind closed doors with people you're really comfortable with as you are when you're in front of that person. You're the first person to act justly. You're the first person to, to love, to be generous. That's the Jesus way. Kingdom character is about what you do to others, not what they do to you. It's about what you say and you think of others, not what they might say and what they might be thinking about you. And if you struggle with that, you know, then you go back to point one. Don't let bitterness and anger and arrogance and self, selfish desire take the lead. Allow God to develop that kingdom character in you. Take the lead. Treat others as you want to be treated. Go back to the ask, seek and knock if there are certain things that you really, really struggle with. And spend time in the heart with the heart of the Father. And I want to conclude with this. I want to finish with this. So, um, bam, you can come up right now. <laughs> um, I guess just a couple of questions. How serious am I, are we, about our relationship with God? You know, do we desire the everyday dialogue of asks and seek and knock. You know, when we spend time in his presence, do we just turn up with a tick list or do we turn up with a notepad and pen, ready to listen, ready to go, what are you teaching me in this circumstance? Can we become more dependent on God and allow that to grow kingdom character within us? I believe the more we can do these things, the more that we can trust God in those times, the more that actually we'll begin to be able to live out the Jesus way. We'll be able to see significant breakthrough in certain areas in our marriages, in our relationships, in our circumstances, wherever they might be. So yeah, that's my challenge to you. And I hope that the Spirit uses that, let everything fall away that is not of me, but let God do what he needs to do in you.